You're going to be a football player when you grow up. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, presented by Tequila Embajador. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I've been in football all my life. We're going to go right out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in a good friend of mine, my colleague over at the Las Vegas Review uh, Journal, and you can uh, read all of his Raider coverage and Super Bowl coverage uh, over at Vegas Nation, the app, or download or go to VegasNation.com. Uh, Mick Akers, how are you doing, my good friend? Thanks for joining us. Hey, Vinny. Thanks for having me. Um, so, Mick, uh, let's get right to it. Las Vegas, uh, big day for Las Vegas today. Uh, in terms of the announcement uh, at the NFL owners meetings here in Dallas uh, that Las Vegas is going to get Super Bowl 58, which happens on February 11th in 2024. Uh, You were all over the story, all over it today. I really appreciate the hard work uh, and information uh, on your end of things. But um, if you can kind of um, crystallize just how big um, this is for Las Vegas, I'd be interested to know what you had, what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I would say, you know, it's pretty much as big as it gets, you know, besides opening like a new resort or, you know, landing the stadium itself, you know, even when they first were, you know, before the stadium was uh, approved and everything, a lot of the vision was, hey, this is going to land us a Super Bowl one day. And, you know, ever since then, they kind of went back on that and they went over that dozens of times saying, hey, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. So finally today, when it comes out, it's official. You know, it's it's one of those landmark days here in Las Vegas. Obviously, you know, full of landmarks and all that here in Las Vegas. But this is going to be, you know, above one of the top ones there. Uh, no question about it. And um, Mick, you know, we talk about financial impact that Super Bowls have, and I know, um, you know, I've I've heard the uh, counter argument of, well, Las Vegas is always a great town um, for the Super Bowl. People come in to, to gamble and, and take advantage of that and go to the uh, casinos, which I completely understand. And I completely get, I think the short sightedness of that is yes, you're talking about Super Bowl weekend. Um, but the Super Bowl is a whole week of things. So, whereas I think people were becoming on Thursday, Friday, you know, maybe staying through the game and, and doing all their thing. Uh, people are now going to be starting to come in on Sunday and Monday, uh, four days before, uh, and, and adding to that, accentuating to that. So I think you're going to have um, the best of both worlds, the normal gambling crowd that always comes in uh, for Super Bowl weekend combined with the out-of-towners that come in for the Super Bowl. And you have fans from both teams. You have fans, football fans uh, from, from all over. You have people that are a part of the uh, event, people that – um, you know, are, are entertaining here. There's just a whole slew of people that normally wouldn't be here that are going to be here. And I think that's going to put a lot more money uh, into the uh, into the uh, banks of Las Vegas. What are your thoughts on, on what the potential uh, financial uh, windfall can be for Las Vegas? Yeah, so like you said, you know, usually here in Vegas, it's a sold-out weekend. You know, we have 145,000 rooms, give or take a few up and down the strip, uh, sold out usually during Super Bowl. Obviously, huge parties, watch parties, a weekend of events. But as you mentioned, Super Bowl, you know, so week-long of events, not to mention, you know, the, the setup time before that. So you'll have crews and NFL team members and all that coming here, you know, way before that week, trying to set up, getting everything logistically set up and all that. So, you know, you know, it goes even past that week. But I was told about a dozen or so events will take place during the Super Bowl week leading up to the, to the big game. Uh, you know, just as far as 
concerts, meet and greets. We'll have the fan zone, of course, um, some community outreach. So you'll, you'll have some NFL players going out into the community. So obviously community benefit on that end. Um, but, you know, they said, you know, 2019 is about $425 million, uh economic impact from the Super Bowl just in Las Vegas from people coming to watch it at, you know, sports books and whatnot. But they're saying on top of that, so this is going to be even on top of that, this is an extra $500 million with the whole Super Bowl week leading up to it. So obviously this is going to be a, a probably one of the biggest, you know, weeks in Las Vegas history, you know, if their estimations come true, that's almost a billion dollar week right there. Yeah. Um, and that'll be great for uh, the area. It'll be great for uh, the state. Um, and, and then on top of that, um, uh, Mick Akers, and we're talking to Mick Akers from Las Vegas Review Journal. He does a tremendous job uh, covering all things Las Vegas, uh, including the Raiders and including the business side uh, of things. Um, but but Mick, it's it's the financial part of it is going to take care of itself. Uh, I know the the city's making a commitment, a financial commitment, um, just to be in the running for this and just to be able to pull it off. But uh, there's ways that they're going to make their money back uh, without question if they handle it correctly, which I believe they will. They they're in the business of making money, and I think they'll do do just fine on that end of it. But also, Mick, uh, the stage that uh, it affords Las Vegas to kind of flex its muscles. Um, for the whole world to see what Las Vegas is really all about. And I think people have an image of Las Vegas, and I think in, in some cases it's correct and it's accurate. But I also think there's a side of Las Vegas that maybe not everyone is as focused on. Um, and there's a lot to offer, not just for the gambling crowd, which you know we all um, understand how big that is. But it goes beyond that. And I'm learning that living in Las Vegas now. And I think that it's a great chance for Las Vegas to show that to the rest of the world. Yeah, you know, every time they have a, you know, one of the marquee games during the week and a lot of stuff shown in Vegas, so they'll try to show, you know, they always show the strip. Everyone wants to see that. But, you know, there's the outside stuff like Red Rock, uh, Mount Charleston and all that. The community stuff, we have suburbs, you know, Henderson, uh, Summerlin. So, you know, I'm sure they're going to be able to kind of get all that included and, you know, kind of showcase Vegas. It's going to be pretty much one big marketing event for them. So that's what they're kind of uh, excited about. They said the bid is about $60 million that they're gonna, the Super Bowl committee is going to have to pay here. Uh, they expect to get 20 to $25 million of that back from sponsorships of the committee. And the $40 million remaining or so will be taken care of by the LBCDA. But then you got to also remember uh, the room tax tied to, you know, hotel rooms on the Strip. So, um, you know, 0.88% of each room, you know, purchase anytime is going to go towards a $750 million public contribution of the, of the stadium. So in and of itself, this whole week, that whole week leading up to the Super Bowl weekend is going to be one big generator, you know, for that room tax, kind of the stadium paying for itself, with, you know, which they've always said all along, which people were kind of worried about saying, hey, the public's going to pay for this. But they, they keep parking on it. Even Sisolak today said, hey, remember, the public's not saying, you know, paying for this stadium at all unless you stay on the strip. This is mainly, you know, visitors paying for it. So their, their vision's panning out. It, you know, naysayers the whole time leading up to it and even after with, you know, some of the struggles with the, the pandemic and such. But, you know, room rates are going back up. So uh, it looks like everything's kind of going the way, you know, they, ex they expected, which everyone was doubting, you know, all along. Mick, uh, you've been a longtime observer of Las Vegas uh, and a reporter here uh, in Las Vegas. Um could you have imagined all of this uh, unfolding um, in, in Las Vegas that, you know, you'd literally be writing about an NFL team and you would literally be writing about things like the Super Bowl being played in Las Vegas? 
No, essentially, I've been here since I was 12. So all we had was UNLV at that time. We had a few, you know, semi-pro teams, you know, come out. But, you know, it wasn't anything like the major leagues, obviously. But, you know, even back then, like, we'd always think, hey, maybe we'll get the NBA one day. You never know because we're a basketball town with the running Rebels and all that stuff. But, you know, as the years progress, you know, and you would hear rumors and then they'd get shot down or something would go down. So it's like, oh, maybe it won't happen. But, you know, once we got picked up steam and got the, the Knights and then the Raiders came after it and then it kind of started steamrolling, now we're getting the rumors of everything else. Uh, and it's just kind of, you know, surreal to think about, hey, the Super Bowl is going to be here, you know, the biggest you know, spectacle in, in sports. So it's just kind of a surreal moment, I think, for a long time, Las Vegas residents like myself, uh, just kind of knowing, you know, how we've progressed, not just with the tourism industry and all that, but now we're turning to a bona fide, you know, pro sports down here. Um, Mick, uh, you, you deal a lot with the business community um, in Las Vegas. What do you feel like um, their uh, – not reaction so much is – how do they feel about how this relationship has gone uh, so far? I would imagine they're fairly happy with how things uh, are going. I know there's a, a team aspect to it, and the, the Raiders you know, still have a lot of road uh, to make up or ground to make up in terms of being – uh, you know, a playoff-worthy football team. But that aside, the the business side, the the relationship between the Raiders and this community, um, and how things are working on that end. Yeah, everything you know, moving along fine on that. Obviously, uh, Mark Davis said, "Hey, we're not winning on the field at this point, but hey, this is a huge win for us off the field." And by us, he meant Las Vegas community, even the business community. Uh, got a lot of sponsorship deals, you know, with all the resorts, the major ones here in Las Vegas, Caesars, MGM. Uh, all those, the win and all that. So, you know, a lot of those people are, they have members on the Super Bowl committee. So, you know, they're, they're all through there. They all, they all have their hand in this and they're all, you know, playing a big role about bringing it here and make sure it's successful, having the, the right sponsorships and all that. Um, you, you see all their, you know, their names all over, especially Legion. I talked to Maura Gallagher, the CEO of Legionnaire. They have their name plastered on the stadium. And every time it's on TV, they say Allegiant Stadium. So, you know, it's a huge marketing ploy for them. He was super excited about that. He's also leading the Super Bowl committee. He, he just, you know, he said, hey, this thing's kind of just paying off over and over for us. And it's just, it's, I think that rings true with everyone else that has, you know, their hand in, this, in the stadium. Any, any kind of hotel name, any kind of marketing name on the stadium or anywhere around it, everyone's just kind of, you know, reaping the benefits of that. Yeah, no doubt. I agree uh, with, with that sentiment. Uh, all right, last question, um, uh, Mick. What are you most um, anxious to – the game itself, set that aside. What are you most anxious to, uh, to experience in uh, a couple of years when the Super Bowl arrives in Las Vegas? Yeah, I'm just looking forward for that whole week to see how, you know, they put everything logistically. I know they do some road closures and stuff. I'm going to see, you know, what's going to go on at that point, some of these events, uh, especially the community benefits. I know they're going to have some people out there going and, you know, helping out some of the, the – the more needy people here in Las Vegas, obviously the Raiders do a great job of being out there and, you know, doing their donations and a bunch of appearances and stuff. So that's going to, you know, be a tenfold, with having an entire NFL here. So I'm just kind of, you know, excited to see how this, how this benefits, you know, the Valley as a whole. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, Mick Akers, thank you so much for taking some time on a very busy day uh, in Las Vegas uh, to spend some time with us in the huddle. Keep up the great work. Uh, I'll see you when we get back home, man. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks, Vinny. Safe travels to you.
All right, that that, that was Mick Akers, uh, who covers uh, the Raiders, really the business side of things uh, in the Las Vegas community. Uh, and again, it was a huge day for Las Vegas. It was a huge day for Southern Nevada. Uh, they're getting the Super Bowl in 2024. Um, you know, uh, to, to, to have even imagined this seven years ago would have been, come on, well, you know, uh, uh, stop it already. And yet here it is. Uh, and it's a testament to the NFL, to the Raiders, Mark Davis, uh, a lot of people that uh, chipped in uh, along the way. Um, and, and certainly uh, to Las Vegas city leaders, state leaders, uh, because they pulled off something that was pretty darn uh, big. You're in the huddle with Vinnie Monster and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday. Back with the show. Text Vinny and Lincoln on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187 or tweet them at Vinny Bonsignor and at L Kennedy72. This is In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. All right, Lincoln, there's a game to be played uh, on Saturday, presumably. Um, Are you sure? Uh, yeah, exactly. Is it going to happen? Are you sure? <laughs> um, we're we're going to, you know, uh, as of right now, it's on. Uh, talked to a lot of people in the NFL uh, uh, today and yesterday uh, at the owners' meetings here in Dallas. There's no doubt that um, COVID was a, uh, a big topic of discussion. Um, was it just so, for them? Them? It was. There was a number of teams, right? Weren't there like 38, 39 players this week? Well, yeah, and the Rams were hit pretty hard uh, them, themselves. And, yeah. and here's here's the thing, Lincoln. Um, if you remember, probably about three weeks ago, maybe about a month ago, um, the NFL came out with some new heightened, um, you know, uh, protocols, right. like with masks and, right. and testing. Yeah. There was more testing. Why did they do that, Vinny? Well, because they knew their scientists, the, the, the data that they were getting, the medical staff that uh, they rely on and the experts they rely on were saying, hey, the holidays are coming. The right. winter is coming. There's right. going to be a spike up. It needs to be – there needs to be a little bit more awareness, a little bit more um, attention to it. Especially so, with the new variants that have gone around, the Delta and Omicron, whatever the hell they are, you know, all those other ones. Yeah. yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, you can <sighs> – I, I know that there's a, a part of our population, Lincoln, that scoffs uh, you know, at, the, at, the, at, the, at the experts and mm -hmm. what they're trying to do. Uh, these, you know – People like Dr. Fauci gets, you know, heat left and right. There's nothing he can say or do that's going to please uh, everybody. I think it's uh, baloney uh, that here's somebody that he hasn't asked to be in this position. He's trying to do the best he can. Right. Politics aside, he's trying to help everybody. Um, and, and people run in a million different directions with the information that he's providing. But I'll say this. The NFL knew something was coming. At least their doctors uh, and medical people knew something was coming. And it has come. So that's kind of if you're if you're thinking along those lines, you have to say, hey, they saw something coming. It's why they increased uh, everything. And just imagine had they not done that, Lincoln, how much worse it would have been. And I'm here to tell you it would have been a lot worse had they not said and realized something's coming. We have to be really more aware of this, um, and 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 even with all that awareness, Lincoln, it's it's still heightened a little. I mean, it's the the, the numbers are still increasing right now. A multi-billion-dollar business that is dependent on its workforce for its product. 
the NFL wouldn't be the NFL if you didn't have notable names like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady and and various players. Um, it, it wouldn't be the NFL. It, 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 and it wouldn't get the attention without that. And if you look at the marketing sample size, especially that goes on this time of year, when you talk about the flex games, you talk about how they're flexing schedules. I mean, hell, they, they, they put the, uh, the, the, uh, the game on the other night, um, the Monday night game, Arizona versus St. Louis. Uh, I mean, not St. Louis, uh, the Los Angeles Rams um, on because it, it was a notable game. It was for the division lead, and, and, and that's why it was so highly marketed, just like the flex schedules that happened with the Raiders and the Browns this weekend. Um, we knew the Saturday game was coming. We just didn't know what, what day, what time it was going to be on. And so they put it on early flex schedule because they want the nationally televised game to you know, take advantage of football being on during the weekends like it has been throughout the college football season. And now as you're waiting for the bowls to get, it, uh, to get started. So um, they have unlimited resources. They know ahead of schedule. That's why they can go out and, 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 and search a, a guy's background even before he's drafted to know what, what they're dealing with, the type of person they're dealing with. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. They, they knew ahead of – they were trying to prepare for this moment. But just as that being said, they're not going to slow down. You're not going to see what you saw last year where they were postponing games and pushing games back and stuff like that and making – you're going to end up seeing situations like the Denver Broncos when they had to take a receiver and start him at quarterback. They don't care. You've got enough people – you figure out a way to play the football game. The game must go on. The show must go on. Yeah, and, you know, I'll say this too, uh, Lincoln. Um, it's not like they're plucking guys off the street that, you know, are, 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 are um, you know, plumbers off, off to the side. I, I almost laugh sometimes when people like, oh, they got to go to their practice squad. These dudes on the practice squad are good too. Um, you know, they're not – obviously they're not, you know, Todd Gurley or, you know, name your name your – uh, best players they're on the practice squad for a, a reason but even at that level lincoln the quality of athlete the quality of player is the highest in the world um you're still talking about if there's 70 players in any given in any building uh, at any given time uh, or let's say 75 times 32 whatever that adds up to are usually about the best 3,000 pl football players in the world at any given time. So it's still – I know that it's not ideal, but those it's not like those guys are chopped liver uh, themselves. And a lot of times, Lincoln, some of those guys are just waiting for an opportunity. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And what we've seen sort of a transition when it comes to the practice squad, once upon a time the practice squad used to be of uh, up-and-comers or guys that you just wanted to see uh, play, if you will. Now you've got a lot of notable veteran names on practice squads. You're preparing for that day. That, and I think, you know, for the Raiders, like a guy like HaHa -Ha Clinton Dix was a first former first-round draft choice. You know, he's on the practice squad. You know, it's not just the no-names that are on the practice squad. You've got a lot of teams that are that are collecting veterans and putting them on the practice squad, giving them an opportunity not only to, to, to play when they have to call them up, but knowing that you have that veteran status when you might have to rely on it. Yep, uh, without a doubt. So, um, you know, it is what it is. The Cleveland Browns are dealing with what they're, Cle uh, with what they're dealing with. Um, you know, uh, we, first and foremost, Lincoln, we want all those guys to be okay. That's, Certainly. that's, you know, above and beyond, uh, does it create a better opportunity for the Raiders? I don't, I, you'd have to be naive to say that, um, it doesn't, you know, uh, I will say this, uh, the backup quarterback, uh, in, in, um, in, in Cleveland, uh, case, um, oh, I just forgot his name. The, uh, the, the former, uh, case Ram, yeah, case Keenum. Thank you. 
Um, he's not. He's good. He took the Minnesota Vikings to the NFC Championship game, what three, four years ago or so. He could play in a situation like this. Um, so don't sleep on on Keenum uh, if if he has to be the quarterback that lines up for the Browns. And don't <laughs> you can't if you're the Raiders in a must win situation. If this is how it's going to go down, and they're going to be down a bunch of players, and they're going to have to bring up a bunch of uh, practice squad players uh, to fill out a bunch of different positions, and if they have to go with their backup quarterback, you're the Raiders. You're in no position right now, Lincoln, to be sleeping on anybody. Well, I I, I got to laugh at the 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 thought of sleeping on anybody. The Washington football team team came in there. They didn't have a notable quarterback. They didn't have a number of notable <laughs> players. They beat them. Um, you know, look for for what it's worth. I until they show me different, you know, I don't have the utmost confidence in the Raiders. Until I, I, I'm just going to call it like I see it. Until I see different, I don't think they can beat anybody. Until you show me, because I don't know what team we're going to get. I really don't. You know, it, it's so disheartening to see this team in this position having a 6-7 and seven record when I looked at some of the opponents that they, they could have beat. You know, you, you watch a team like the Chicago Bears. You watch a team like the Giants. And you, you're telling me the Raiders lost them? Uh, sadly, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you, you, um, for all the effort and that the, the, the Washington football team showed against the Cowboys at coming back and making it interesting, you still lost to them? I mean, I could, I could see like the Cleveland. I mean, I could see somebody like the Kansas City Chiefs. I could see that. But now we're talking about the, the remaining four games. I don't know what you're going to do. They handled the Broncos easily the first time they played them. I don't think it's going to be the same way the second time around. I don't think it's going to go that way for him. I'm hoping that it does, but I don't think it's going to. And starting with the Cleveland Browns, in, in lieu of all of their COVID and injuries and extended, you know, I'm looking at all the notable names on the, the injured list that did not practice today. I still don't know if I feel confident that they can go in on a rainy, cold, windy day and beat the Cleveland Browns. They're not going to run the football the way they did last year when they played them because they haven't established that run. They don't have that there. So I don't know what we're going to see. If the elements play a condition where they it affects throwing the football, I don't know how – how I don't care who's playing quarterback for either team. Uh, I don't know how, how good they're going to have a, a day out there. Yeah, I agree. Um, th- th- like we said uh... – Based on based on past um, what well, the last few times that we've seen uh, of the Raiders, short of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, if that team shows up, um, it, it could be a boat race, and you know I yeah. think that the Raiders would welcome uh, that to get to seven and seven and see what you could do over the next three games. Because I, I still believe Lincoln, if they could get to ten wins, they're in the hunt. Of course, that re- that requires them winning four straight games. Uh, but was the Cleveland Browns, the Denver Broncos, the Indianapolis Colts? The Los Angeles Chargers. Um, mm. It's a tough road to hoe. I'm you, not, you, you know, still uh, confident. I'm not, you, yeah. you said the teams are. You, you're confident. I'm not confident. I'm not okay. not confident. I don't know. Mm. I, <laughs> I mm. don't know, uh, Lincoln. And um, you're not confident. And I no. understand that. I'm not. I mean, I'm how not. can you be? No. Right why? Now? Why would it be? I'm gonna be honest with you. Why would it be? Yeah, not, the Raiders, I, you know, the, the, the crap that we've seen. I'm not going to sprinkle powder sugar on it and tell you that it's a donut. It's crap. It's been crap. They played like crap, and you know they they put themselves in this position. You know, losing five of their last six games, they put themselves in this position by playing crappy, inconsistent, uh, flawed football. And you know, you, you know, we talked about it yesterday. The fact that you know you're you're depending on your quarterback to get you fired up, or pick you up. I, there, there's no need for that. I mean, if you can't, if you do not have the wherewithal within your competitive nature 
to hate to lose and want to be better, you don't deserve to play this game at this level. Yeah, um, and and we'll see. We'll see if if that's the uh, the approach that they that they take this uh, game. And you know, uh, you, you just don't know. And there there could no. Be we don't know. That... We we don't know we, because we haven't seen a consistency. We've seen an inconsistency at best. You you know the team that played Thursday and the Thanksgiving in Dallas. We haven't seen since what when they played against the Broncos. What was that a month before? Yes. Is that is that what we're going to? I mean, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. I mean, even even starting out slow, they did against the Eagles. They woke it up and they were able to play good, solid football for the remainder of the game to put that game away early. But we haven't seen a consistent nature of that team on all phases of the football. Something has always befallen. Whether it's you know your short footed kicker who missed an extra point. Uh-huh. We just signed you. You did, we just gave you a new contract, and you missed an extra point? Uh, I know it's not as easy as to go out there, but you've got one job to do. Those are the little things that add up. Or you're, sure, you're shorthanded uh, running back, who I, I don't think, if I'm, I'm not mistaken, didn't have a fumble in any game he played in up until that point. Fumbles the first snap of the game. Scoop and score. Yes, he's got one now. <laughs> he he definitely has one now. That when it rains, just, it pours. Oh, so we've got to go to Cleveland for this you know, this game. And I, I look – I. I want this team to be successful because I want to enjoy watching them. I want to enjoy uh, broadcasting and analyzing and talking about the successes. I like a lot of guys on this roster, um, but at the same point in this coaching staff, I want to see them successful. I'm a Raider through and through. I bleed silver and black. I have no problem saying that, but I am ashamed of the football that I've seen over the last month and a half. Uh, yep, absolutely. Um, and you have our, uh, every right, as does Raider Nation right now, uh, to say that. It just has not been clicking. We're going to go out to the Raider Nation listener line. Matt is in Vegas. How you doing, Matt? Good. How you doing, Vinny? And, and hey, Lincoln. And, uh, you know, to that point, Lincoln, and, and I really wanted to call yesterday and talk to you guys. I got disconnected and wasn't able to finish my thoughts or talk to you. Um, but, you know, what I... I guess Sunday, right? What I liked about the team, and I know the logo thing going out there and doing it that way is not the way to do it, but I know what Yannick was trying to do and trying to get the team fired up. And Obviously, they laid an egg, and, and you know, I didn't want to call Monday, Vinny, because I was that pissed. But, <laughs> right, you right. know, my, my, the, the discussion you guys had yesterday about, right, and Vinny, your point, I think, was, right, Derek Carr hasn't had the roster behind him, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, yeah, maybe that's the case, but, when I go back to and Lincoln, I go back to your team. We haven't had that type of roster since you guys left. Like the, the Gruden era of the, the late '90s, early 2000s, that we haven't we haven't been able to size that type of team or fit that type of team into our in, in, into a new team in nine years. Right. And, and Derek Carr maybe hasn't had all the pieces, but who do we fault? Right. And this is where my concern going forward is. And really the point I want to make is the next step we take as Raider Nation and, and how, I mean, I'm a through and through man. I, I, you know, but my fear is one, the decisions that get made next, is it just the same old thing we're going to go back to and this pain we've been dealing with for so long. And, and it's, it's, it is brutal. And my concern and what I, Lincoln, challenge you and Charles Woodson and all you ex-Raiders that were, you know, the last greats we had, I challenge you guys to be a part of if Mark Davis. I know Marcel Reese is there. I know he's got good guys around him. But I really think this needs a, more of a community feel from you guys because us as fans and what 
Vinny, where I go with Las Vegas, I, I'm from upstate New York, born and raised about an hour and a half from Buffalo. My dad grows up all Raiders fans through and through. Moved here in 16. As soon as we moved, all the news come out. So I've been waiting for this. I never been, I've been to Oakland for a game here, there, you know, over the years. But I got season tickets, and, and I go in that place, and it, and it disheartens me two things. The, the, the Oakland fans are losing their steam a bit, and it's hard for them to afford every single game, and those tickets get sold. The casino, Hondo, right, Carpenter, made that article, and it really made me sad because what I feel like this this town needs to get behind the Raiders like they do the night, and I don't think it's going to happen until we win because most of these fans are all ex-something football fan, and football fans don't divert from the love they grew up with as a kid. I, yeah, um, and I, I, I totally understand uh, exactly what you're saying. And it's going to take time to build out Lincoln, the Las Vegas uh, market. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's ambitious to think that any team can just show up, um, you know, uh, in, in, in a new market and just convert everybody. Uh, you have to understand that there were so many fans that were fans by proxy living in Las Vegas because there was no team in Las Vegas. It's the same thing that's happening in Los Angeles. 20 years went Lincoln without an NFL team. So a whole generation plus grew up rooting for the Cowboys or the Giants or the Patriots or the Saints, right? And by the time you get to 20 years old, Lincoln, expecting somebody to just jump off ship of the team that they've been rooting for their whole life for a new team is hard to do. So you're going to have to, it's going to be a combination, Lincoln, of uh, people that have you know, fans that are that are jumping ship and saying, "Hey, I want to root for the local team," and kids right now that are growing up with the Raiders in their backyard. That's going to be the foundation for this fan base, local fan base in Las Vegas. And then on top of that, Lincoln, you've got your Los Angeles Raider fans, your Bay Area Ra- Raider fans, your fans from you know Raider Nation all over that are going to you know, a lot of them buy season tickets and come out to games uh, on a, on a game to game basis. So it's just going to take a combination of that. And it's just going to take time, Lincoln. If you build it, they will come. If you win, they will stay. The Raider nation has always been one of the more well-traveled fan bases. I remember the years that we went over to London, especially the first year. I remember seeing London was taken over by the Raider nation. People were looking forward to it. I know this for a fact, Raider nation collectively, Picks one game off of the schedule every year to go visit. A couple years ago when they had Del Rio, the first game of the year when they went to New Orleans, the Raider Nation took over New Orleans. They took over Bourbon Street. They were they were on the the, 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 the uh, tour cruises yelling Raiders synonymously throughout the city of New Orleans. And then when New Orleans had their little chant, you know, who that, who that come to beat these Saints, the Raider Nation said, we are, we're here. The, so there's no doubt in my mind that they will come. But you have to win, and you have to give them a viable product. They've been so disheartened and beat up over especially this year with everything that's going on with Gruden, the way the team has played with with rugs and everything else, I, I I don't I don't blame them for selling their tickets. I only get upset when they get when we have the, the certain people. Oh, why are there so many opposing jerseys? And say, well, your ass isn't here. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's like it, it's it's like I understand that Allegiant has become a landmark that people want to see. In lieu of the pandemic, when nobody could do anything last year, now you've got it opened up to where you can go and enjoy it, and you can come and enjoy the city. And 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 people want to get out. They enjoy Vegas. Other teams want to come. They want to see a legend. Let them come. But it's up to the team to defend their home field. It's up to the team to make you sorry that you came and wore those opposing team colors. And, and until you get there, you can't say crap. You can't say crap as a fan base. You can't say crap as an organization because you're not beating people. 
You know, and when I when I watch the Chicago Bear fans walk out of Legion and say, "Oh, this is like a home game," yeah, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't the same when I saw the Eagle fans leaving, and you saw the Raider fans walking. Raiders, Raiders, you got to defend your home field. So until we get a viable product like that, this whole thing back and forth when it comes to Legion Stadium and should it be in Vegas or should it be in Oakland, whatever it is, is going to be is is still going to have uh, people are going to still have that argument. But I, I I firmly believe that the Raiders are in a better situation than they've ever been because now they have their own home. They don't have to see a bunch of green and gold like they had in Oakland. You know, and, and it's not it, it's not a slight on the fan. I love the fan base of Raider Nation Oakland. There's no doubt. I wish that they could have built it. I wish that they could have had a sports complex like Philadelphia or some of the other places that we've been to, even Kansas City. If you could have ballparks in the same area, you saw how much tailgating happened in Kansas City. You saw that video when you were going into the stadium, how those people oh, yeah. were there from three. Th- those are old school stadiums. And I understand the NFL's product where we don't want you to do that. We want to have cosmopolitan stadiums because we want you to spend all your money in the stadium. That's where you. That's why you built the palatial estates like at Jerry's World and other places like that. And that's what they want. That's what they, they want. I want that money. I want that, that revenue and that generation. But it didn't get done. And, and you know, it's, 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 it's can't cry over spilled milk, can't cry over anything else. The fact is the Raiders have their home. It's in Las Vegas, and now they have to make the best of it by putting the better product on the field than they've had so far. Absolutely, uh, and there's no doubt about that. Uh, we're going to go back out to uh, the Raider Nation listen line because Eddie is in L.A. How you doing, Eddie? Good. How you guys doing? Uh, a couple nights ago I called, and I remember talking to you and telling you that the blame on uh, – uh, most of the blame should be going to Mark Davis exactly because of that. You have Derek Carr that everybody calls in and talks about eight years, eight years, and they're tired of this. First of all, he's in charge of the organization, so he has eight years of him hiring the coaches and firing them, hiring and, and, and everything that's gone on, with the exception of this year, of course. But it, that's why I specifically say it's on his shoulders. The only way this is going to get fixed, it gets fixed on the organizational level for them to start making right, the right decisions, going after the right football minds, and allowing them to, to continue in doing their work and picking the right people. Now, again, this is, this is no slight what happened. This year wasn't like he could, he could have known this was going to happen. This is an anomaly. But going forward, this is what's going to be the most important, especially the next four games, especially this, this coming up game exactly now. You have uh, you, uh, all the players in the building right now have everything set for them to be able to go in, they get rid of the tape, all of that crap that happened over this weekend. They have to look at them in man-to-man, look at each other, and just say, we have an opportunity. As bad as we play, we still have four games left, and we can put out product out there that we can be happy about, that we can show the rest of the 32 team, uh, 31 teams out there in the league what we're about. Are we going to go out there and we're going to stink it up or we're going to go out there and find a way to win? Yeah. I agree, uh, Eddie, in L.A. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, uh, Mark Davis, um, we'll see what happens uh, at the end of this year, but I'm sure there's changes coming and um, it's going to be on him and his staff and the people that are around him uh, to try to get this thing headed in the right direction. I contended that it was headed in the right direction. It wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but before, before the, the roof kind of fell in, uh, on, on some things that happened. This thing was headed in a good direction. They're five and two. They weren't perfect. They weren't a great team, but they were moving in the right direction. Now it looks like they're going to have to really, you know, uh, rechart a new course. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of uh, insight and vision and all of that. Um, and, and I think Mark Davis is, is up to that challenge, and we'll see what direction he goes in 
after this season. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM, a Wednesday. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Now back to your hosts, Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. All right, Lincoln. I'm already uh, looking ahead a little bit. Uh, we'll oh, don't do that! Don't do that. Here coming up. <laughs> don't look too far. <laughs> don't, don't, don't don't do that. What are you looking at, bud? Yeah. Uh, all right. So um, Super Bowls are always Super Bowls are always uh, part of the part of the part of Super Bowls are always defined by halftime acts. Right. Right. Who's who? Who's performing at halftime? That's always a huge uh, deal, especially amongst uh, you know our uh, our, our great uh, female f- uh, fans out there. Uh, they really get into um, you know who the act's going to be. Um, sure. So, who would you think would uh, perfectly fit Las Vegas? Like, if you were in charge, Lincoln Kennedy, you're on the panel, you're on the committee to figure out who's going to perform uh, at half halftime at Super Bowl 58. Where, what direction are you heading? Oh, that's a tough one. That really is because oh man, let's face it. When you when you think about when you think about the entertainment world, you want to say someone who's current, who's currently hot. And I'm 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 really out of the loop on today's popular music. I don't know how far you are. I know you've got teenagers like I do, but I, I don't yeah. know I don't know who who they're listening to. To be honest with you, you know what I mean? <laughs> who 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 are the, who are the kids hey, listening to? I'll put it to you this way: there are times where I'm at Raiders practice and I'll hear something that sounds pretty good. You know, I can look out at practice sometimes, and the players are really grooving to it. Uh-huh. You know, and I have no idea who it is. So I'll, so I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll video a little bit of it and I'll I'll text my uh, my son and daughter. And I, I'm not going to tell my wife I do this because sometimes they're at school. I'm like, who sings this? And they're like, Dad, it's so and so, it's so and so. And you know, there's there's some that I have I know, you know, like Drake. Of course, I know Certainly, who Drake yeah. is. And there, there's 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 big time X, but there's a lot of them that they know right off the top of their head that I have no clue. Well, I, I, I tell you what, yeah, let's 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 go to our 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 our, our young producer. Damon, who's more hip and on current, you know, music. He he's the one who told me about what baby Uzi Jack, whatever the hell it was back then. <laughs> um, uh, Damon, who do you think should be there? Who do you think should do it? That's a real tough one. I don't know because my my thing where I, I would hate would be if they tried to go like an old school Vegas feel and got some old performer there. Right, right. Uh, that's and that's one. that's a little Uzi that you were thinking of. Uzi oh yeah, 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 yeah. You, you but uh, okay, Uzi. so so uh, and I, I hear you, uh, Demond. Like I I think they've gone through all the, you know, YouTube, uh, Bruce Springsteen. You know, Prince was at the time that Prince performed. He was kind of an yeah, older, yeah. you know, uh, act. So they so there's historical acts that they've, you know, guys like that, M- Michael Jackson, um, you know, Janet, uh, you know. Um, that 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 were just historical yeah. performers. I was completely fine with that. The Rolling Stones, um, you know, Tom Petty. I was I, I was happy for them. I mean, that's that that's a, an achievement for them uh, as well. But I think we we've kind of like I don't who are the historic bands now, Lincoln. I think we right. See, that's yeah. That, uh, you want to definitely have a big name, but right. who 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 is that right now? I mean, I mean. Drake is know. Drake is somebody that yeah, if Drake performs, who says no? What's well, I that? I, I said if Drake performs, who says no? Yeah, I guess that might be one of the bigger ones. I mean, I, I think they've. You, of course, you got to consider the content of what they're going to do. I mean, 
uh, and, and what they're going to do. They have to have clean lyrics, obviously. You know, he, you he would know it. how to play that game. Yeah, he's, certainly. He's, yeah, he's, yeah. No, he's yeah. done that. But I'm, I mean, I don't – I just don't uh, – it's difficult. But, Devon, okay, let's – Devon, um, you know, uh, we all understand that there's – that there's very popular uh, at any given time. There's going to be a popular, you know, uh, act right now. But somebody that that you can project forward, maybe, or that you feel like, like even if it, let's say the game was played tomorrow, uh, uh, Devon, um, uh, and you're you're part of the younger crowd. So who's like iconic right now that would be just a slam dunk? Is there? Anyone that's is there anyone? That's, that's a thing. I- iconic. All right, I'll get, I know you guys probably didn't know about this, but last week Kanye and Drake held like a I, joint no, concert. Of course, I knew. Of course, I knew about that. All right, they held like a joint concert, and it had Twitter ablaze. So I think you you would need to. It would need to be a collaboration. I don't think it should just be one artist. So like, I like Kanye that. and Drake, idea. you know, con- like concert. People yeah. were up till like one o'clock in the morning on the East Coast to watch this. Yes, that's a good idea. Uh, and people were definitely, and I think that. Uh, by the by 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 the and I think I was in um, Kansas City at the time, but I think by the by what I heard anyway, it was Kanye's night, right? He outclassed uh, Drake. I don't know where you fell in that. Um, I think that, Drake was the... just like, let me ha- let him let him. Drake said, I'm gonna let the old man have his moment because Kanye, the old was, man. <laughs> Kanye was performing hits from like you know college dropout stuff that he hasn't performed in about a good ten years. That's almost twenty years old. People want to see this. Huh. They want to. He gave the fans what they he wanted. He gave us the old Kanye. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, whereas Drake was more. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not. Look, I don't, I don't, I don't listen to popular music anymore. I'm an old head. I'm, I, I feel like my parents, when, uh, like my dad, when I was younger, listened to my music when rap first started. My dad's like, "That's not music." And hearing some of the things my kids listen to, I'm like, "What the hell is that?" I mean, <laughs> it's just so. Know, I'll tell you who I think, um, um, you know, would would be a great act, um, and I don't know where, you know, this is all headed for. Um, you know, in the next four years, uh, Demond, but um, uh, the Hawaii uh, uh, act, um, he, he did the Hawaii. Super Bowl in New Jersey, um, but he, he's come out with this new group, um, Silk Groove. I forget Bruno what Mars. Oh, Bruno, Bruno Mars. Mars. We've already, I mean, come on, like he, he maybe someone featuring him, but we've already seen him once, you know, got to keep it fresh. Yeah, but I, I'll say this. Oh, that's I'll right. Say he did this. do a Super Bowl. His that's new, right. his yeah, new yeah. turn, his new turn is extremely fresh. I don't know where it's going to be in four years, but. Um, I agree with you. He's already done it, so he's out. But man, I love that this new, um, the, the new music Silk that he's Sonic put out is Silk the name Sonic, of that new yeah. group. Soul Sonic is Whatever. unbelievable. It yeah. really is. Lincoln, I don't know if you've heard it, but I think you would. I've heard one or two of the songs uh, on um, Pandora, um, but I and somebody told me the album was pretty good. I, I think it's it was awesome. Mine, yeah, told me that the album was good. I, I haven't. I can't remember the last time I bought an album. To be honest. With yeah, geez. just go to uh, iTunes. Or <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Apple, Apple music. music. Yeah, 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 yeah. But every song is a banger, as they say nowadays. It's a banger. So oh, uh, you're you're hip now, huh, Vinny? <laughs> I guess. Least, you know what, Vinny? At least I'm going to have to ask, and you not say it again. We, we, you know, don't steal our words. It's a banger, man. It's a banger. So, <laughs> Um, you know, you just took the coolness right out of it. That's all good. I'm, I, I'm, I'm the coolest dude. When I walk into a room, I, I know I'm the coolest dude. That's how you have to operate in life. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm all good with it. But yeah, I know. Uh, that's the first and only time I'll ever 
verbally <laughs> use that word unless I'm uh, getting bangers and uh, match. Next, in, next in, thing you know, Vinny's going to come out he's going to be like, man, that show is lit. And so yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to say that either. I'm not, yeah, and, and Lincoln, I respect that because when I was a kid, I didn't like the older folks trying to you know, crowd our sayings. Every every generation has their saying, and none is more cooler than the other. That's right. like what we what we're, what we were doing is as cool as what they're doing now. Oh, but I'll yeah. never intrude on their moment because this is their time. I had my time, you know, and I could listen to to, to great music uh, of all genres and and today, oh. yesterday, tomorrow. But I'm never going to try to be that guy that steals that moment. Like, I'm not going to wear my hat backwards anymore, you know? Like, you get to a certain age yeah, where certain stuff. Please don't do that. And, oh, you, well, okay, but you could probably pull it off. I'm, I'm no, 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 it. I can't wear hats. My big, I've got a square head. I don't, the hats okay. don't do well on me at all, so I don't wear hats. Yeah, Lincoln, I'd love to see you in a pair of skinny jeans. And th- that that <laughs> and, will never happen. I don't, even, I don't exactly. even buy my children skinny jeans when they're like, no, no, we're not buying. That is not working. No, no, trust me. And Lincoln, you know, we both know, and we're, we're looking at DeMond right now going, okay, yeah, it's your it's your time right now. Yeah. But it's that time goes pretty fast. And oh, it does. You're, it's You'll not be, he'll be, be in our shoes fun. in a little bit. Yeah, of course he will. And uh, I'm going to be right there to say, uh, hello, welcome to the other side, which, you know what, Lincoln, is a pretty cool side. And he'll, he'll figure that one out, too. Like, our side – it's not too bad, you know. There's, no. there's still life has a lot to offer yeah. at every stage of of, of the of the journey. Um, yeah. And and I've always felt like this, Lincoln. Wherever you are, make that the coolest place That's in right. the world. And if you, if you if you follow that, man, you're going to be happy uh, at all stages of your life. <laughs> Lincoln Kennedy, thank you so much for all your you, insight uh, <laughs> and and enlightenment. Always appreciate it. Damon Cotton, uh, let's talk tomorrow about who the act should be uh, at Super Bowl 58. Maybe we'll have some better ideas uh, at that point. I want to say thanks to uh, Mick Akers uh, for joining us. All our callers, all our listeners, you're all uh, part of the family. We love you. It's your why we do this, and we're honored uh, to do it. Uh, we'll check you out tomorrow. 4 to 6 p.m. I'll be back in Las Vegas Thursday, uh, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. Video Monster and Lincoln Kennedy brought to you by Tequila and Bajador.